Welcome to the Authentically Successful Show. I'm Carol Schultz, founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation, a talent equity and leadership coaching and advisory firm. We partner with founders and CEOs to create talent-centric organizations, either where they don't currently exist or rebuild companies into talent-centric organizations. We are committed to supporting your vision and values by creating healthy, successful companies, leveraging the best talent, retention, development, and succession strategies. Listen at the end of the show for information about becoming my next guest on one of the most important podcasts for building thriving companies. Here we go. My guest today is Joel Teeler, Chief Human Resources Officer with Global Benefits Group, headquartered in New Jersey. Joel, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Tell us a little bit about what GBG does at a high level. Sure. What we do is we provide access to healthcare, if you will, for folks around the globe. So we are our focus is the international uh, private medical insurance market. Mm-hmm. And a quick example will be if, if someone was a student in, let's say, Spain, and they wanted to study in Princeton University, they then would need access to healthcare because they are outside of their home country. And what we do is we provide that access either way, whether someone's in the U.S. Uh, studying abroad or someone's abroad studying in the U.S., uh, that's kind of our bread and butter. We also do things like travel accident insurance, which is another niche that we play in. But our primary mm-hmm. uh, bread and butter, if you will, is the uh, international private medical insurance field. Oh, very interesting. Uh, and are you public, private? What's your status? Uh, we are private. We are a private company, privately held. And and, and the company was founded uh, in the early 80s, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, the company's about 38 years old and okay. it changed ownership uh, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company was acquired by a private equity firm and it went at that point we became private. Right. Uh, so it had been public prior to that. Yes, it had. Oh, interesting. So what was the impetus um, behind the acquisition by a PE firm? Uh, the, acqui- the acquisition was really centered around investing money in this organization to significantly grow it. The, the market that we are in is a, a very large market, and we have a very small, if you will, share of that market. Mm-hmm. And there certainly are many, many opportunities for us mm-hmm. in every part of the world, whether it be Latin America, Europe, you know, mm-hmm. Asia, to really significantly grow uh, this company. And that's what our mission is, and that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And the acquisition was when? Uh, right at about two years ago, uh, okay. the, the first quarter of 2019. 19. Okay. And so what has been the growth since the acquisition? Where were you prior to that? And where are you now? Sure. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, COVID had a pretty significant mm-hmm. impact on our uh, growth trajectory. Mm-hmm. So our plan of 2020 was really a lost year for us based on sure. what we do. Because as you uh, kind of think about my explanation of what our business is, mm-hmm. that was severely impacted by what was happening in the world in 2020 and still dragging into 2021 with the pandemic. So a lot of the business opportunities that we were taking full advantage of dried up, if you will, somewhat right. in 2020. So our 2021 mission is really to to grow us back to where we were prior to the pandemic and then start our trajectory once again from that point. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. And, and since, since you bring up the pandemic, um, what, how did that affect 
the company from an employee standpoint? Yeah, no, that's a good question. We, it's interesting because I, I still remember, you know, 15 months ago, having this discussion with, with Chris, our CEO, about uh, what we want to do in regards to the, the pandemic growing and the like. And like many companies, we made the decision to close all of our offices around the globe uh, and work remotely. We went to 100% remote working. Mm-hmm. And the thought was, this is only going to be couple of weeks, maybe a month at the most. And and here we are, you know, 15 months later, and it has had uh, a toll on our employees. And we've been doing a a lot around trying to make sure that we mitigate that to the best of our ability and make sure that our employees are safe and healthy and engaged, uh, working remotely. Uh, But it has been, um, you know, certainly a journey. Uh, for for all of us, and there's a number of things that we've done over the last 15 months to to tackle that. But but certainly that's been first as head of HR and head of people, if you will, for our company. It's been certainly something that's been first and foremost uh, on my mind for the last 15 months. I imagine. How many offices did you have to close around the world? Uh, we have uh, eight offices uh, around the world, and we closed all of them. We have three in the U.S. And then another five uh, centered between Asia, uh, Latin America, and Europe. Gotcha. Uh, what would you say is the biggest problem that GBG solves for your clients? Uh, the biggest problem that we solve for our clients is, uh, you know, again, their their ability to access healthcare. And I will tell you this: the one thing that did come out of the pandemic was people understand even more so today than they may have yesterday on the importance to have yeah. access to affordable health care because you just never know what may occur. When they're outside their home country. Absolutely. When yeah. they're outside their home country. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, tell us a little bit about the journey, your journey to where you are today. And, you know, what had you join GBG? Because, you know, I know you spent pretty much your whole career at Chubb. Yeah, I did. Um, I did. And joined, you know, shortly after uh, after Chris became CEO. So I'd like to hear a little bit more about that. Of course, yeah, happy happy to share. So so yeah, as you said, I mean, I was a, a one trick pony, uh, <laughs> you know, for a long period of time, and uh, yeah. you know, spent my the bulk of my career uh, at one company, which you know today is makes me a, a dinosaur, if you will, in, in that regard. Right. Uh, but I was very fortunate. I, I was able to have many many uh, opportunities. Uh, at Chubb. And, and uh, you know, it certainly kept me engaged. It, it mm-hmm. kept me uh, building the right career that I wanted. I had global responsibilities, uh, gave me an opportunity to, to learn, you know, how to manage HR in, in mm-hmm. different markets around the world, which was extremely interesting. So great journey. Uh, so Chris and I had worked together uh, in the past at Chubb. Chris had mm-hmm. also been at Chubb and he yep. was head of our global uh, accident and health business at that time when mm-hmm. we were both at Chubb together. He left, went on to do uh, different things. He and I stayed in, in touch. And, and the funny thing about this is that he you know, was named uh, CEO designee uh, for Global Benefits Group. And, and I had found out about that and, and reached out to him and congratulated him and told him I was uh, very happy for him. Right. And uh, his response was, do you have a minute to talk? <laughs> and, and so so he pretty much said, said to me, he goes, I need someone to run run global HR, you know, in this organization. Uh, he kind of walked me through, as I shared with you earlier, the journey that he was about to embark upon with mm-hmm. the company and, and growing 
the company exponentially and, and, and bringing the company to world class, if you will. And his point to me was, you're the person that I, I'd love to be, uh, you know, head of uh, talent and head of people in this company. And if you uh, are willing to embark upon this journey with me, you know, I think we can get a lot done, but also have some fun uh, mm-hmm. along the way. And, and because of my relationship with him, uh, that made me think long and hard. And I made the decision to uh, join him two years ago. Yeah, that's so great. What, you know, t- t- using your words, I'm, you know, I was a dinosaur, right? Um, but I'm not, but in my experience, that's not uncommon in the insurance sector, right? Sure. People stay sure. for their whole careers sure. with, you know, as as insiders refer to them as the incumbents, right? Sure. The, the very large carriers uh, among which Chubb is. And there are a couple of things I want to dig into. First of all, sure. what was your biggest challenge going from how big was Chubb at the time you left? Oh, wow. Yeah, two years um, ago. Probably about 31,000 uh, employees. employees mm-hmm. will, and, yeah. and how many billions? <laughs> I'm trying Ish. to uh, 12. I mean, yeah, it, it right. was significantly yeah. uh, a significant player in the market, if you will. Right, right, right. To a company, you know, that is how many employees do you have now? 450 around right. the world. And, and you're about 250 million. Yeah, that's that's a significant change from an infrastructure right. standpoint. Oh, absolutely. Probably a cultural standpoint. What did you find absolutely. to be your biggest challenge personally at moving from such a large to a much considerably smaller company? No, absolutely. My biggest challenge personally was, you know, you, I came in and I had, you know, 25 years, if you will, of thoughts and ideas on things mm-hmm. that, that we we needed to do and, and initiatives that I wanted to launch and, and things that I wanted to put in place from a cultural standpoint, from a mm-hmm. learning standpoint. I mean, you name it. Yeah. Uh, it, it was it was there. The biggest challenge for me was there was not an army of people behind me that I could call upon in HR to execute upon these things, you know, yeah. ahead of training, ahead of benefits, you know, mm-hmm. ahead of compensation. Mm-hmm. That's the world that I was used to, ahead of recruiting. So what I found was that I needed to be, you know, more resourceful, more creative, and build a team and an HR infrastructure where people were going to have to be, we all do, jack of all trades. Uh, and master of none, if you will. Mm-hmm. And we have been able to accomplish that over the last couple of years. And it's been an absolutely rewarding uh, you know, journey. I, I've had to roll up my sleeves and, and do things that, that I never thought at this stage of my career that I would have to do. Oh, that's so but the, the beauty of that is I've learned so much by having to dig deeper into things that I just wasn't involved in right. uh, in my prior life. Right. Well, because, you know, you were, you were, even though you held some, some very large roles, sure. you were still a prob- probably a cog in the, in the very giant wheel. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good um, way to say it. You know, and the other thing um, that I got to thinking about when you mentioned about being a dinosaur is you're a person of color, um, sure. which in the insurance industry um, are, at least again, in my experience, are few and far between. You're right. Um <laughs> So how, you know, coming up in your career in Chubb, how did that feel for you? And from a diversity standpoint, where you are currently at GBG, you know, where was it when you joined? Where is it now? And what are your, you know, your challenges around that? And what are you doing about that? 
No, that's that's a good question. Um, yeah, I, unfortunately, you know, some of the challenges that were there when I, you know, joined Chubb, let's say, twenty five years ago, mm-hmm. are are still there today. And and I know when you know when I joined, uh, there weren't a lot of people that looked like me, right. uh, you know, especially in, well, I could say period, but then especially in senior roles right. uh, became far and far uh, fewer, you know, in between. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate that I had worked in marketing and I was tapped to help the company. This is early in my career. They were tapped to help the company uh, work in and expand their footprint in diverse markets, whether that be uh, customers, whether that be agents to to sell uh, the product. And that then, the experience in that led for me to uh, be tapped to be chief diversity officer uh, for the company as the, as the company was embarking upon its journey to do a much better job uh, on culture, on diversity, on representation at all levels. Uh, in the organization. So I got a, you know, kind of a crash course in what are some of the things that a company needs to do to improve where they are on the whole, you know, aspect of diversity. So I spent, you know, several years uh, doing that for the company. And what that did is that whet my appetite, even when I left that role and moved to a senior role Mm -hmm. uh, in HR for the company to be that advocate yeah. Uh, you know, where I was and participate on, you know, employee resource groups to be an advisor to the chief diversity officer that replaced me to continue to work with the executive committee mm-hmm. to help, you know, drive thoughts and ideas and, and you know, on, on how the company uh, can improve. And the company, you know, has absolutely pr- improved lots, you know, many awards, you know, have been given over the years to the mm-hmm. company. And it allowed me to take that thought process and bring that to Global Benefits Group and, mm-hmm. and look around the company and say, what are some of the things that we need to be doing to drive the right culture, to drive the right development mm-hmm. uh, that has a diverse lens to it so that we feel comfortable that we are building a company where no matter who you are and where you, you know, where you come from, if you will, that you feel like you can join this company and reach whatever career path that you want to reach mm-hmm. and ascend to whatever level that you want to ascend to. And as you know, it's hard for people to envision that if they look up and don't see anyone or see so few people that look like them, yes. that they feel that that this is a this is a hurdle that I'll never be able right. to, to get over. So, yeah. and I will say that I'll go back to uh, you talk about me joining, knowing that this was a passion of mine, I would have never joined a company or worked for a CEO that I felt that it, it was going to be, mm-hmm. you know, climbing a hill to get him or her mm-hmm. to understand why this is so critical right. to the success of that organization. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was not going to have that hurdle. And that made my decision so much easier. Yeah, that's that's really important. I think that, you know, it, it's so important. People do not often realize, especially at the executive level, um, the importance of, you know, if I want to say having a talent centric organization or aligning talent strategy to your business strategy, right? Mm-hmm. And and you were being proactive about that to be sure that that was absolutely that, that strategy was was you know either already in place or that you you know you had the big go ahead to to do that. Um, and it's fantastic that that you know Chris has been you know rah 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 on doing that kind yeah. of work, right? 
Yeah, and, um, and I would, I'll just add to that. I mean, we we just had uh, this week uh, we had a our quarterly you know board meeting, yeah. and one of the things that 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 you know I am fortunate to be able to do is each quarter when I provide the CHR update to the board, I spend a lot of time talking about what we're doing from a talent perspective and talking about what we're doing from a diversity perspective and mm-hmm. talking about identifying, you know, high potential women and people of color and, yeah. and what we're doing to to build the company that I know that they want us to build because yeah. we know and they know that we will not succeed unless we have everyone feeling that they can operate to their fullest because mm-hmm. that helps the company of achieve its, our goals and objectives. So yeah, and it's it's unfortunate that so many people don't realize that, right? That is true. That the the impact, the financial impact it has on a company. You know, yeah. it's a financial impact in greater revenues, it's a financial impact in less turnover, you know, all those types of things. Um and when you absolutely. say they, you're referring to the, to your owners, the PE firm. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. And who is that firm, Joel? Uh, Further Global. Okay. Yeah, they're and based in New York it, City. They're headquartered. Oh, that's my next yeah. question. Yeah, where are they headquartered? Um, so it, 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 thinking a little bit about that, looking at, you know, prior to the acquisition, post-acquisition, was there any kind of... Um, it turnover from people thinking, oh yeah, I don't want to work. You know, they're making changes that I'm not happy about. How did that look in your, in your talent strategy? Sure. There was the normal and, you know, normal, you know, what you have whenever a company changes ownership and leadership Mm -hmm. that people, we had some, it wasn't, to be fair, it wasn't a lot. Good. It was, it was, we did not have a large spike in turnover. Yes. We had some turnover. We lost some, key people, but our goal was to come in there immediately and talk about why this is a yes. good thing yeah, and, and, and what we what we were going to do. And for me, it was what we were going to do from an HR infrastructure standpoint yeah. that the company didn't have before and the investments that we were going to make in learning, the investments that we were going to make in you know, talent development, the investment that investments that we were going to make in culture and in an environment, yeah. things that were not happening in the past. So my view was, or or my message was, give us a chance and wait and see, and then you can always make that decision down the road if you decide that this is not a place for you. But I'm going to guarantee that from a people standpoint, there are going to be things in place Mm -hmm. tomorrow that you have not experienced, and it's going to make this a better place to work. Yeah, you know, and I think that's, you know, the key thing is the communication piece, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think so often acquisitions happen, um, mergers, and Mm -hmm. none of that ever gets said. And of course, then there's just enormous turnover. And I think just communicating effectively with people removes so much of those issues. No, absolutely. And there's another thing I'll bring up on that point. First of all, I did a lot of traveling the first six months to, yeah. to get to meet people and, and and deliver, you know, those types of messages. But another thing that I did is that the company had never had an employee engagement survey. So, mm-hmm. you know, six months after being with Global Benefits Group, I launched a global employee engagement survey saying, right. we want to hear from you. We want to hear the things that we need to make sure are on mm-hmm. our radar screen to make you as an employee feel like this is a place that you are engaged and that you want to build mm-hmm. a career. And, you know, I, on that, cause I've done these, you know, many employee engagement sure. surveys in the past. And so I wanted to level set with Chris. I said, this has never been done in the 37 years 
uh, in the history of the company. And you're, wow. you know, we had people to respond from, you know, places like uh, Hyderabad, India, or Manila, Philippines, that you know, had not experienced things like this. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to level set with Chris that the participation rate may be a little bit low the first go round. But we spent a lot of time making sure that employees knew that we wanted to hear from them and that we were going to, you know, react to their feedback to the point where we received an 88% participation rate for our first ever ever global engagement survey. And it gave us a lot of great feedback that we're still Hmm. utilizing as we build out our talent strategies. What was the, um, was the survey blind, Joel? Yes. Yes, it, it was. was. Okay. Very it good. Was. Which, yeah. which I think also helps to increase that certainly. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. We spent a lot of time making sure that the employees knew that it was going to be just, as you said, a, a blind survey mm-hmm. to drive up that participation and it worked. And where are you currently around a culture of feedback, meaning a culture of not blind feedback, right? Sure, sure, sure. Where, where an employee can have that conversation with their manager without fearing, oh my God, am I going to get fired because of this? Sure. Yeah. One of the things that that we also did is we spent a a lot of time focused on increasing learning and development opportunities in the organization. And we launched the the first ever global online learning portal. So our employees Mm -hmm. had access regardless of where they sat in the world. They had access to learning opportunities. And part of that was manager and employee feedback and encouraging our employees to reach out to have those conversations with managers, but just as important, we also launched manager training where we made it you know, clear to the managers right. that as a people leader, it is your responsibility to make sure that you are having those touch points. So, mm-hmm. you know, an employee can raise issues for you to you or concerns that they have or where they want to go in their career, what development they feel they need an in, mm-hmm. investment in so that they can thrive. So, so yes, communication, especially in a COVID 100% remote world is more important than ever. Yeah, well, I'm sure. Um, so speaking of COVID, where are you uh, from a standpoint of opening your offices back up? Well, that's a good question. We are, we're getting there. So we're going to open up our, our we're headquartered now in Princeton, New Jersey. Yeah. So our, our, our plan is to open up that office in August, open okay. up our other offices around the globe in September with the exception of our office in Hyderabad, yeah. India, because yeah. they're yeah. they're just as you know. Yeah, I had a feeling a we're going to say where, that. Yep. Where yeah. they're yeah. able, I think only one percent of the population right now, or at least the last I heard, was um, mm. fully vaccinated. Okay. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't have access to mm-hmm. uh, internet, computers, and they have uh, signups, but a lot of people can't take advantage of being able to to sign up to get a vaccine. So it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while, I think, before there's the penetration that you need to Mm -hmm. be able to to reopen that office. Mm -hmm. Um, You also mentioned earlier that, you know, in your industry, you're you're kind of a small player. Um, What kind of competition is there in your industry? And where do you fit into that? And, And how are you utilizing all these things that you're talking about to get talent to say, wow, this is, we want to go to work for that company. Sure, we want sure. to leave our, you know, our larger company who's not doing any of these things. I think what our biggest uh, pull, if you will, mm-hmm. is similar to my story, the ability for someone who yeah. 
is highly talented, you know, has ambition, you know, has, mm-hmm. has built up a great knowledge base, and they want to be able to use that in a way that is immediately impactful. Mm-hmm. And, and they can sit and not have to put together, you know, 13 presentations and 15 meetings to, to get things launched off the ground. We will sit in a room and hash things out, throw things on the board, and we're off to the races. I mean, we, we're definitely a smaller environment allows us to be much more entrepreneurial, and that's mm-hmm. appealing to a lot of people. Well, you know, I, I agree. Um, I, I have to mention, I think one of my, one of my favorite sessions at InsureTech Connect back in 2019 was one about, you know, um, I think it was called something like moving uh, startups or something, moving at the speed, you know, can the, can the incumbents move at the speed of startups? Sure. And, and overall, the answer was no, they can't, no. Uh, admittedly so. And, you know, that nimbleness really, I, I, I firmly believe gives you a huge advantage yeah. as long as you can get that branded out there. And, you know, here's yeah. why we're a fantastic company to work for. No, absolutely. I mean, turning, turning a speedboat versus turning a battleship is two completely yeah. different things. Great analogy. Yeah. Um, so what really bugs you about the insurance industry? <laughs> well, we hit on one of them. And we, that's, we did. That's yes. The, the lack of, uh, diversity. I I really, truly believe that, that, you know, we are behind as an industry, we are definitely behind, you know, where we need to be. And, and, you know, I look forward to the day where, you know, someone who looks like me, you know, is in a position that they have that, you know, kind of, if you will, influence Mm-hmm. Uh, on an organization that uh, unfortunately we're, we're, we're just not there yet. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking about things today and looking at the role that I'm in, you know, that we were talking about 25 years ago in terms of being the only person in the room, you know, that looks like you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and we, we have to do better. And I know we will, uh, but this is like that battleship analogy. It's yeah. very slow to, mm-hmm. to turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we need to keep keep working on that. So I would say that's, that's one for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. I would say, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I gotta say maybe if, a, if I can think of another one, we need to do a better job in the insurance industry of making um, this a little bit sexier, if you will, as an industry, as compared yes. to, if, you, if I look at the kids, the kids coming out of, of college today, you know, oh, they don't think of the insurance industry as something that's, right. that's exciting, appealing. That's right. And we have to do a better job because there are so many great career paths that mm-hmm. someone can build, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the insurance industry, but people just aren't aware of it. So we need to be our own cheerleaders probably mm-hmm. better than we yeah. do in our industry. Yeah, that's so great. I've, I've had that actual, the exact conversation with so many people. Yeah. I mean, you know, kids come out of school and like, oh yeah, insurance, that's exactly what I want to do. You know, not <laughs> that no one ever, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> so... So if you look at your own executive committee, how many how many of you are on that executive committee currently? Uh, the uh, Global Benefits Group Executive Committee? Yep. Uh, there are six of us. Okay. And how many, What what is the diverse, diversity makeup of that? Sure. Yeah. We, we need to improve, but we are okay. uh, two people of color. Okay. Uh, but unfortunately, we, we don't have uh, any women uh, currently that, on, yeah. our exec, on our executive committee. However, that is absolutely something that uh, Chris and I talk about. And, you know, I expect as opportunities arise, the next time you and I probably have a session like this, you know, 
hopefully that will have changed. Good, good. That's really great to hear. Um, let's see. So how do you typically sell or find your prospects or do they find you? Is it inbound no, marketing, a, outbound marketing? What does that look like? Yeah, it's a little bit of, but we work through uh, independent agents and brokers and they okay. help us to kind of fish in those ponds and mm -hmm. to, to find those uh, opportunities, you know, mm -hmm. for us. Uh, we just made an acquisition uh, in later in late 2020, mm -hmm. um, you know, of a uh, agency. And, and they deal with primary uh, high schools, uh, private primary high schools. And so that's also going to be another source for us to, to drive uh, new business opportunities for the organization. But the, the, mm -hmm. the short answer is we deal through agents and brokers, which help us uh, find the right clientele that, that are good matches for us. Awesome. Um, so where do you see uh, investing resources in Global Benefits Group over the next year? Certainly talent is going to be, mm -hmm. you know, one of them, one of the areas, because mm -hmm. to get up to where we need to be, yes, we need to invest in the development of our existing talent, but we also need to find talent out in the marketplace that bring that expertise that we need and bring, quite honestly, best practices uh, that we may not be aware of today. You know, you know, yeah. you know, certainly when we hire someone, we're looking to have them bring to us, here's another way of, of looking at tackling this challenge. Here's something that in my past that I've been able to be successful at that very well may work at Global Benefits Group. So, so certainly, you know, my view is that you should always have the best of both worlds. You should have mm -hmm. bright talent, internally within your organization, but you also should be bringing in new thoughts and ideas and perspectives that you may not have in your company today. And if you blend those two together, you should have a winning formula. Mm -hmm. So where do you uh, really spend your time on a daily basis as a leader? And what do you find that you don't have time for? <laughs> I don't have time for a lot of things. But, yeah, I know. But, but certainly spend a lot of time looking at what are some of the things that we can do on a lot of things I've already shared with you yeah. to make those things get better. Yeah. And I'll give you an example. One is that we have this job architecture program where we're looking at all of our, our jobs and our job families around the globe. And we're looking to build out uh, career paths for mm -hmm. all of our employees, regardless of what discipline you know they may be in. So they can understand here's where I am today, but here are the one, two, three, four, five steps that I can take over the next two, three, four years mm -hmm. to build a meaningful career. And that takes a lot of work because you're talking about you know looking at at roles in you know Manila, Philippines, London, England, right. Hyderabad, India, um, you know East West Coast, you know Midwest within the U.S. So. We're doing a lot of work around mm -hmm. that. We're also doing a lot of work around, you know, looking at how can we build, again, the right type of environment, mm -hmm. working on, you know, diversity and, and mm -hmm. inclusion strategies, you know, working on core values for the organization, you know, working on what do we want the culture to be mm -hmm. and what things should we be doing to strengthen that mm -hmm. culture? So a lot of work around building the right experience for our existing employees. And as I mentioned before, making us attractive to those employees out there in the marketplace that we think are good fits for the organization. And how, how do you tend to recruit employees, Joel? 
Uh, What's your strategy? Yeah, a couple of things. I mean, one is we do the traditional uh, recruiting through, you know, Indeed and LinkedIn and the like. But one of the things that we also did is we launched a employee referral Mm -hmm. program, which provides our employees with a chance to earn a monetary award Mm -hmm. for searching in the ponds that that they are involved in and helping us find talented people that may not have come across our radar screen had we not had an employee bring that to us. So we, we want to use employer referral because, you know, employer referrals is a great way mm-hmm. to get employees in the door because they've they've already had the tires kicked on them, so to speak, mm-hmm. where you have someone that could vouch for, I work with Bill or I work with Sue and here are the things that that, that they're great at. Right. And here's why I think they would be a good match for our company. So we're doing, you know, as many uh, avenues as we can to bring people in, but our employee referral program has taken off quite nicely for us. And that was launched last year. Very, very good. So what do you do when you, I mean, are you, are you, have you been able to fill in the time that you, you know, in the time necessary, the positions that you have, you know, be, and the reason I ask yeah. that is because I'm, as you may know, I'm, I'm not a huge advocate of the post and pray <laughs> method of, you know, indeed LinkedIn and so on and so forth. Sure, because, sure, sure. Um, yeah, for obvious reasons. So I'm yeah. curious what happens when, if you're, you know, do you wait a certain period of time before bringing, you know, engaging somebody for the outside? How do you go about doing that? Yeah, we do. We do ex- exactly what you said. I mean, yeah. I, 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 and, and I, I like the post and pray uh, uh, an analogy, and, and which is one of the reasons why we thought it was critically important to tap into our existing yes. employee base to help yep. us. So yep. that's yep. helped us, you know, close the time to fill, if you will, and then close yep. it with, you know, higher quality candidates right, um, right. as well. So, so that has been very helpful to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, we, we use, you know, any fishing pole we can, yeah. Good. but Good. certainly the employee referral piece is one that's paid dividends for us. Um, and I think that's one that, that will continue to, to help mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. you know, staff more effectively. Wonderful. So uh, one of my final questions, how do you typically spend your time when you're not at work? <laughs> Is there a time? <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah, I, I spend a lot of time with with my family. We like to. I mean, unfortunately, the one of the favorite things that we like to do has been, you know, shut down over the last 15 months is to travel. You know, yeah. certainly we, you know, we we'd like to do a lot of travel just so you can unplug, mm-hmm. um, you know, and enjoy that quality time together. Mm-hmm. Uh, like to read, certainly like to read, you know, like mm-hmm. to, uh, I'm a movie buff. So I like to to do that as as well. So just anything to, to unplug it, if you will. And one of my, I know you didn't ask this question, but, but one of my uh, concerns that I, I have had over the last 15 months is our employees for their ability to unplug. And so we've yeah. spent a lot of time coaching our managers on that, because as you know, the lines have been blurred yes. between what's work and what's home. And, and, you know, every study will show you that people are working more hours in this yes. environment per day than they have in yeah. the past. So, we encourage our folks to take vacations, to find a good yeah. book, to, you know, unplug. You know, we tell the managers to always encourage your employees yeah. to get off the clock because mm-hmm. we need you mentally and physically to be healthy for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 as somebody who has been working from home for nearly 20 years, I can attest to the challenges of that, right? Sure. I I literally have to put 
you know, I, I go to the gym early every morning. It's just what I do. And then, and, and I schedule time to meditate and because if I don't do those things, I'm not taking care of myself and I just never seem to leave my desk. Yeah. Yeah. And And that's not good for anybody. Yeah. And and it's very easy to get into that trap. It it really is very easy. Yeah. Yeah. It it really is. You know, I, I remembered many years ago, one of my, one of my coworkers saying, I don't know how you work from home. I think I would just get too distracted. I'm like, no, I mean, I, I really make time. This is what we need to throw a load of laundry in. I run downstairs and I throw a load of laundry in, you know, get sure. me away from my desk for five minutes or 10 minutes. Sure. And, and those things are important, you know, going down and fixing, fixing lunch yeah. to get, yeah. to get away from my desk for a little bit. Sometimes Absolutely. I eat in the kitchen. Most of the time I eat at my desk, but sure. you know, because then I can get some things done that, you know, that are responding to emails or something sure. like that. Um, but it, it is a challenge and it's, it's great to hear that, that you are working with people to do that because I, I mean, that was one of the first things I heard as well, right? People are, yeah. you know, they don't have to commute anymore. They don't have to get dialed up for work anymore. Sure. They don't have to fix lunch to take with them. All those things that took time that people no longer have to do. So right. they're like, well, I guess I'll just, I'll just work more. Right, right. Instead of getting on the train at 7 a.m., I'll just boot up and then start working, just as you said. Exactly. Okay. So if someone wanted to, uh, listening to this, says, God, this is a company I really would love to look at and potentially interview with to work for, what would you suggest that they do? I would suggest that they, that we, you know, have openings. I would encourage, you know, we, we have, uh, you can go to our website, you know, globalbenefitsgroup.com. You can go to, you know, any of the, uh, like I said, LinkedIn, Indeed, we have jobs mm-hmm. posted on mm-hmm. there. They can certainly, you know, reach out to me. I'll tell you my, I'm J-O-E-L, Joel.Tealer, T-E-A-L-E-R at gbg.com. You know, reach out because certainly we're looking for talented people to get us where we need to be. And we'd love to have uh, anyone who has an interest in talking to us to uh, let us know. That's wonderful. Well, Joel Teeler, Chief Human Resources Officer of Global Benefits Group. Thank you so much for joining me today. It was really a great conversation. I could have gone on for another hour. We just don't have the time. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Carol. It's always good to catch up with you. Okay, great. Thank you for listening to Authentically Successful. If you are a successful founder or CEO who would like to be on this program, please visit verticalelevation.com slash podcast slash apply. If you learned something from this interview and it made a difference, please share it on LinkedIn or Twitter. You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend. And if you know of someone who would be a great guest, tag them on LinkedIn or Twitter to let them know about the show and include the hashtag authentically successful. I love seeing your posts and great suggestions. Lastly, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to our website, verticalelevation.com, or follow me on LinkedIn. This is Carol Schultz. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.